Hello, and welcome to the podcast by Future Observatory, the Design Museum's research program supporting the green transition. I'm Justin McGurk, the director of Future Observatory. And I'm Sher Potter, Future Observatory's curatorial director. In this podcast, we'll be introducing you to design researchers who've put issues of climate and the environment at the heart of their practice. These researchers work across a range of disciplines, but all of their investigations have major implications for how we design the world. In this episode, we meet a group of architectural researchers embarking on a project to grow a home. So Cher, let's talk about two seemingly unrelated industries, construction and farming. Okay. We know the UK has a housing shortage. The government is way off meeting its target of building 300,000 new homes a year. And some estimate that they need to be building even more than that. We can debate whether we need to build or whether there's enough housing out there in the form of underused buildings that could be retrofitted. There's a growing movement against building, in fact, but almost certain we're going to need to keep building to some degree to solve the housing shortage. Yes, and it needs to be squared with what we've already heard on this podcast, the huge carbon footprint of the construction industry. On the farming side of things, it's not looking great either. In a recent State of Nature report... Agriculture has been identified as, and I quote, the most important driver of biodiversity change over the past 45 years, with most effects being negative. It said that there's been a pretty massive 41% decrease in the abundance of wildlife in the UK since 1970. So what if I told you in the future we could be farming our houses? And by doing so, we could not only improve the carbon footprint of the construction industry, but reverse the environmental damage caused by farming. Well, I would say that sounds too good to be true, but I think you're about to tell me otherwise. Pretty much. I went to meet two members of the architecture practice, Material Cultures. They're doing groundbreaking research into building houses in a way that's not only sustainable, but also improves the environment and biodiversity in the regions where those houses are built. So let's head down to the farm. Hello, I'm Paloma Gormley. I'm one of the directors of Material Cultures. In the summertime, you know, each of these would be knee-high and a different crop, so it's kind of like a tasting menu of you know, exciting things. I'm Summer Islam, and I'm one of the other directors at Material Cultures. So there were lentils here when I was here last, and flax and hemp all in really short, like close proximity. So, Summer and Paloma, this is a podcast about research... And we're at a place called Wakelands, which is a farm in Suffolk that describes itself as a research farm. Tell us more about it and why we're here. Wakelands is an agroforestry research site. And we came across it in some of our research, looking at how regenerative land management systems could key into transformative change in the built environment. And we're really excited by Wakelands and the potential of sites like this because... We're standing today looking down alleyways of crops which grow food, but on the fringes of them running in parallel lines, there are trees which produce fruit and nuts, but also timber for construction. So I guess we're looking at the site as its potential for 
bringing materials into both food systems but also building systems and we're interested in how things like straw and timber could be drawn from a site like this in a way which is lower impact and it's positive for biodiversity and also the soil. And so are you hoping to build something here or to build something with the with the materials harvested here? So we're starting a research project this spring which will be the beginning of developing a house growing and house building project. So we're going to be looking at what it would mean in landscape terms to grow a house. So creating a planting plan that might involve species of of tree for timber um, but also potentially a, a few different crops. So we'll likely be looking at hemp We'll be looking at different strands of wheat and then how those can be integrated into the fabric of a building. So the hemp may be, for example, making the insulation for the walls and the straw could be making a a kind of cladding, a kind of more contemporary version of a thatch. So I think we're really interested in this relationship between landscape and construction and just bringing that really much closer together so it becomes tangible, almost a thing that you can, you know, visualise, see that link. Tell us a bit more about what you mean when you say grow a house. Well, the way we try and design buildings at Material Cultures and the way we work is predominantly with bio-based materials. And bio-based materials are ones that grow, essentially, so things like trees and uh, crops. And when we talk about growing a house, I guess we're talking about very literally over time, over a season of harvest rotations, drawing enough material from a landscape that you could ultimately uh, build an entire house from kind of ground up to roof or with things that were drawn from a very sustainable and contained uh, landscape radius. Yeah so I guess the interest for us in in working with plant-based materials is, is about the relationship to carbon and embodied carbon in a building so for the last 50 years say we've been building with actually very carbon intensive materials that take a lot of carbon to produce but also that put a lot of carbon into, into the atmosphere throughout their kind of lifetime as a, as a product and the thing about plant-based materials is that they actually sequester carbon so in many ways you can see them as carbon negative they're like they're like batteries they're kind of taking carbon in, out of the atmosphere as they grow and then that's stored in the matter in the material and then by putting that material into a building you're just you're locking it away so there are many different approaches to quote, sustainable architecture happening at the moment, and you've chosen bio-based materials as your approach. And Paloma, you just gave us a a strong sense of the efficacy of that as a method. But isn't there also something about the localism of it or the bioregionalism of it, which is that this is architecture very rooted in a particular place, in a particular landscape? Yeah, I think one of the things that we think that is most interesting about working with plant-based materials is that they are essentially a means of making very vernacular buildings in the way that we traditionally used to, where we would always draw materials for making buildings from the landscape immediately to hand. And in a future where we try and minimise our impact or improve the way that we engage with the landscape, making buildings from materials which grow and regenerate makes a lot of sense and also ultimately that suggests a way of making buildings where they're coming from closer to the sites where you produce homes and ultimately the sites on which those homes are built can be a productive element in the production of buildings and places to live. Yeah so I think we're interested in how technology can kind of come to play in this conversation so 
whilst in a way we've, we've lost a huge amount of technological information that's developed over thousands of years um, by people having a kind of direct relationship to materials. We've also, in, in the last 50 years, seen this amazing kind of development of digital technology and fabrication methods. So it feels like there's a job to do, I guess, of bringing the two together, bringing materials that unfortunately kind of left the wayside in the oil age back into play and introducing them to these kind of modern methods of construction. And I think that's where we're really excited so just to ground that, how are you going to manifest that philosophy here on this side? We're going to grow a building for Wakelands using materials grown on the site, gathered over a number of uh, harvest and crop cycles. So there's an established bakery business here. They grow wheat and we'll use a wheat straw waste product from the production of bread. There's uh, an organisation here growing hemp to make a pair of jeans and we'll use the hemp shiv kind of waste product from their fibre extraction and we're looking to use a number of the different timber trees on the site as well to make a kind of whole building drawn entirely from all the different experimental crops that are being tested on the landscape, particularly focusing on materials which you could be growing, I guess, across the UK in close proximity with positive benefits for the landscape and biodiversity. And the idea would be that this could then be scaled up. So we provide a template that could be kind of reproduced in many different locations, but I imagine you would then be tuning it to, to more regionally specific varieties of crop or tree species, but also looking at mineral binders, so things like clay, things like lime, and those, again, have a kind of a regional specificity that would come into play. Paloma, you mentioned scaling up, and in a way you've described a process of building which you could call slow construction, maybe, and... This might be what your critics or sceptics throw back at you, which is that this isn't a very scalable model. And if they pointed to government housing targets saying we need to build 300,000 homes a year, how would you respond to them? It's actually not very slow. So the crop cycles that we're talking about, you know, the longest ones are six months. That's not very long to generate a quite substantial yield of material. And the other thing about these materials is that they're often the waste product from the high-value product, be it grain or oils, whatever else is being grown for. So the materials already exist in a large sense, and they exist at quantity. Some of them are being burnt, some of them are being used as kind of animal bedding, and a lot of it's going to waste. I guess what we're saying is that if we are to move towards... Uh, a kind of more bio-based construction and see construction materials as part of our agricultural output there's an opportunity there for that also to be part of the kind of campaign transition towards better forms of agriculture so there's a, a row of different kinds of trees and in between there's a what some is calling an alley of um, different crops and then you get another row of trees and then an alley of crops so the idea is that there's this density or biodiversity of species and it's a, it ought to be a very resilient and biodiverse landscape. So the opposite of a monoculture or the opposite of, of, of a normal farm, really. So this isn't just theory. You've built a house using this bio-based construction method before. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we worked on a project in Cambridgeshire at a, a farm called Margent, uh, which was established to grow hemp. 
So it's just a highly efficient, highly effective sequestration species combined with its many outputs, so almost every bit of the plant is useful. We used two elements of the plants. We used the fibre and we used the, the straw or shiv. So the straw or shiv went into um, kind of insulating material. We mixed it with lime and we cast it into prefabricated cassettes. So the whole thing was made in a factory in these kind of very standardised components that then were taken to site and assembled in two days. And then with the fibre, we made, we made another product, which was a cladding material. So we mixed the fibre with a bioresin derived from sugars and pressed it into these corrugated sheets, which were then fixed onto the, the front of the building and provided the cladding. You're architects, you build things but you're also at the forefront of new ways of building and new forms of bio-based construction. So research is clearly critical to what you do. So how do you balance the research and the practice or the building? I think the way we approach our work is always that the design and research go hand in hand and they're integral to the way we think about making space and moving forward into lower carbon future or hopefully a post-carbon future. Ultimately, the way we have been practicing as an industry for the last century, let's say, but certainly the last decades, has been without very much consideration of the consequences of what we do. And I think now, as we take steps to try and unpick the damage that's been wrought and to make better change within the industry we exist within, a proportion of everything you do must encompass research because there are lots of things we don't know about the consequences of the way we have been working and lots of things we still don't know about the consequences of the things we're suggesting we should do as we move forward. You know, working with systems like this has lots of really exciting potential and we have lots of hope that they offer us a way of continuing to produce space as and when we need it. Hopefully we do much less building than we have been in the past. But ultimately the research we're doing is to ensure and to get a, a sense of how that can happen without perpetuating the harm that has already been caused by the building industry. And in doing that, I think we found it really important to work at different scales. So the small-scale projects can be very experimental. You can test things out. You know, unproven concepts, essentially, can be validated. So we work a lot on what we now kind of understand to be called demonstrated projects, which is almost kind of proof of concept those are generally smaller scale, lower risk, and then we're also trying to kind of push this scaling. We have a project called Material Homes, which is developing prototypical building models that are ready ready for construction for use of developers of any scale, really, but, but including large-scale developments. So in terms of what you're doing here, when would we have to come back to see what you build? Well, we hope it will be up and... Um all completed in about two years so maybe you can come and stay when you come for your next visit to Wakeless Obviously we're not talking about anything on an industrial scale here it's still very niche and experimental But it does follow a theme we've picked up elsewhere in this podcast about reviving more traditional ways of building The question is whether the house-building industry would ever even entertain the idea of this kind of slow construction. 
Well, Material Cultures were awarded an ecosystem fellowship at Future Observatory recently and have been doing extensive research about land use in the UK and the systemic change that would be required to build with organic materials. And that's precisely the long-range thinking we need if we're ever going to build sustainably. That's all for this episode of the Future Observatory podcast. Don't forget to sign up to our monthly newsletter at futureobservatory.org and we'll see you next time. This podcast is supported by the Arts and Humanities Research Council, part of UK Research and Innovation, and the Design Museum. The producers are Marie Keyworth and Sarah Trina, and the music is by Takahisa Mitsumori. Mitsumori.